Welcome to the podcast of Okotoks Calvary Fellowship. Please enjoy as Pastor John opens up the word. Okay. Well, look at all this fellowshipping going on here. My goodness. I love it. And I love that we can actually shake hands again and that we can hug and that we can be within proximity of one another. I, am, I miss those times. I don't know about you guys, but I miss those times. <laughs> well, over the last five weeks, we've been doing a topical study entitled God's Call, My Response. And we learned that God calls us to faith to put our trust in Him alone, and that call continues into a call to follow, to develop an intimate relationship with Him. And then there's the call to faithfulness in every area of our lives. And this morning we will discover our call to fruitfulness. And we're going to be basing it on Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 to 24. So if you turn with me there, Galatians chapter 1, and we'll begin at verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the Gentiles... I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God I do not lie. Afterward I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only. He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. Now there was only one Apostle Paul. Nobody has walked the earth since with this kind of ministry, this kind of power, and the kind of work God, um, the work of God done through him. Paul was an, a unique human being that God greatly used. But by the same token, I want you to understand something here. There is only one you. I want you to look at your hand right now. Seriously, I want you to look at your fingerprints. They are unique to you and to you alone. Not one single person possesses what you have in your hand. Now, why do you think God did that? Was it to make it easier for the police to identify you? 
Um, of course not. <laughs> God did that because he wants you to know something. He wants to tell you that you are one of a kind and that you have a unique and special place in God's kingdom plan. And the three aspects of your calling we have been looking at are common to us all. The call to faith, the call to follow, the call to faithfulness. The principles in each of these calls is not unique to us individually, but the call to fruitfulness is unique to each one of us. My call is not your call. And your call is not my call. And I can call you to faith because it's a common faith. I can call you to, um, to follow. And I can call you to faithfulness because it's the same for all of us. But the call to fruitfulness, that special, unique, unique place you have in the body of Christ, I can't teach you that. I can encourage you to seek it. I can teach you about it. But I can't teach it to you. That's between you and God alone. Keep your finger in Galatians here for a moment and turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. And it really follows in the course of how God does ministry in the church. So Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the call to faith is when you first come in to the Christian life. But the call to follow Jesus, the call to faithfulness, that's the equipping of the saints. Now why? The reason is so that you can come into your call to fruitfulness. That's the work of the ministry that God has called you to. Now, you notice that we've come to this call to fruitfulness last in our series. Because even though I can't teach it to you from the pulpit, the call to fruitfulness can only be lived out in the Christian life as your life is solidly built on the bedrock of these first three aspects of calling. And I can't emphasize this enough. You can't just skip over them and rush right into the fourth. Even though we're tempted to do that, aren't we? It's always more exciting and engaging with something that's just for you, right? No. First, you need to respond to the call to faith. Then you need to fulfill the call to follow Jesus and have a real relationship with Him. Then you need to be faithful in the things where God has put you right now. And then God opens up to you this glorious call 
to fruitfulness. And we have such a great example of this playing out for us in the book of Philemon. Philemon was a man who owned a slave whose name was Onesimus. Philemon was a believer, but Onesimus was not. At least not when Paul first met him. And then one day while Paul was imprisoned in Rome, Onesimus escaped from Philemon and as he traveled away, he ended up, through a variety of circumstances, he ended up in Rome and he bumped into the Apostle Paul. And Paul led him to faith in Christ. Now, Onesimus wanted to help the Apostle Paul. Paul, I want to serve you. I want to be involved in the ministry here. But instead of Paul saying, hey, great, forget about your master, welcome aboard. Paul said, no, you need to be faithful to this call where God has put you. And you can just see Onesimus saying, well, I'm called to be a slave? And Paul would say, yes. You escaped from your master. You're a runaway slave. Before you can fulfill this ministry of fruitfulness, you need to go back and fulfill your call to faithfulness where God has placed you first. And so Onesimus did that and fortunately, Paul wrote Philemon a letter and asked if Onesimus could come back and help him. Now you see, it was important for Onesimus to be faithful before he could move on to be fruitful, you know, be fruitful or move on to fruitfulness. Friends, it's so important for us to get, grab a hold of this. Your call to fruitfulness is unique to you. You are no accident. Who you are by birth is no accident. You were born a certain way. Certain things appeal to you. Certain things don't appeal to you. You have strengths and weaknesses. You're a certain size. You have a certain disposition, both mentally and physically. God made you that way now it may be a source of irritation for others that god made you that way but it's no accident to god and god knows how he made you in that secret place before him and i want you to understand that is who you are by birth And who you are by birth is an important aspect to your fruitfulness to God. Who you are by upbringing and environment, that is also important. Why did I have the childhood that I had? Why, why couldn't I have been, you know, why couldn't I have had the, the childhood of some other person? You know, they seem to have it a lot better than I did. Or maybe you had a great childhood and you think, well, why should I be privileged to have had such a great childhood? You know, other people are having a terrible time. Like, why me? Why did I have such a good time? God uses it in your call to fruitfulness. 
Who you are by training and experience all plays a role in it. God has brought you to who you are right now by birth, by upbringing, by environment, by training, by experience. And He's done it all because He has a place for you in His kingdom to fulfill. And these things are not accidents in your life. Let me add something here. Even the most amazing successes and the most colossal failures in your life, God can use them in His call to fruitfulness. Now, I hope you realize that God's call to fruitfulness in your life is not necessarily referring to church work. It may, it may not. Your greatest fruitfulness in the kingdom of God may not be in the church at all. It may be in your workplace. It may be in your home. It may be coaching a sports team. It may be on your school or university campus. Wherever God gives you the unique opportunity to be a shining light for His kingdom. But it comes after you've answered the call to faith and to follow and to faithfulness. But it is so important to step up and answer the call to fruitfulness that God gives you. Well, let's take a look at how this all worked out in Paul's life. And as we talk about this, I'm going to show you 10 specific things um, how the call to fruitfulness was shown in Paul's life. The first one is, Paul's call was evident to himself. Paul's call was evident to himself. And it was very evident that he knew it. He didn't walk around and say, well, am I really an apostle or am I not? He knew it and he mentions it time again. Every book he writes, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not trying to say that there might not have been moments in the life of Paul where he didn't doubt this. That Paul came to this understanding immediately even. But he was definitely, he definitely came to the place where it was evident to himself. And can you just imagine how freeing that would have been for him, knowing his call and then fulfilling it? And you may be here watching in this morning and not be in that place yet. It may not be evident to you. Maybe God has been trying to make it evident to you and you've just not been listening. That's possible. Maybe God has made it known to you and you're just not being obedient to it. That's entirely possible. Or maybe God will make it evident through the course of things down the road a bit as you continue to follow and are faithful to Him. But I think every one of us wants to have that real sense of our place in His kingdom. 
I know in my own life, at least in a broad sense, where my place is. And it hasn't always been that way. But I know that God has called me to teach and to love and to lead His people. I know that. I don't have any doubt about it. I know that I'll be doing that for the rest of my life, whether or not it's my employment, that doesn't really matter. Whether it's in a small setting or a big setting, it doesn't really matter. I know that this is what God has called me to do. It is what God has called me to be in the sense of fulfilling this call to fruitfulness. The next aspect, which is very important, um, that though this call was evident to Paul, the second thing is Paul's call wasn't something that he took to himself. Did you notice in verse 15, what does it say? But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace. This was not Paul saying to himself, hey, they have openings for an apostle. I think I'll apply. Paul did not initiate this. God was working in Paul before he was ever born. Before Paul was even aware of it, God was working this in him. So this wasn't something that Paul took on himself. You know, it's so important that your call to fruitfulness be that way too. That it's not something that you manufacture for yourself. It's something that God has appointed you to. And our task is to discover it. And how do we do that? Well, we follow closely in our walk with Jesus. And when we are faithful where He has placed us, He opens it up to you and then you need to walk into it. It happened that way in my life. God placed me as the firstborn son in the home of a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My uncles were pastors. My aunts were married to pastors or missionaries. God had used these people in profound ways. But that was their call. I faithfully served in church while I was growing up, sometimes even by choice. Until the spring of my graduating year, when we had special meetings in our church and I felt this overwhelming call to go forward. And I dedicated my life to full-time Christian service. I had no idea what that meant. But something happened in my heart after that moment. And over the next number of weeks, a few of us began meeting together to pray and to seek the Lord. And something amazing began to develop. Out of our prayer and seeking the Lord, we just spontaneously began to worship together. And this wasn't like anything I'd ever experienced before. You've got to understand, that was years ago. There wasn't like choruses and some of the way we do worship today. It was like hymns, stand up, sit down. It was very, very... This was spontaneous. Just us pouring our heart out to the Lord. 
And just that expression, that simple, deep, authentic, intimate expression of our love to Jesus. And that was the real beginning of what has become a lifelong passion for me. To worship Jesus and to lead others into that place. There was no manufacturing of a ministry or role or position. This truly was a gift the Lord gave me to enable me to be fruitful in His kingdom. Let's look at the next point here. Paul's call to fruitfulness was both expected and unexpected. If you were to look at Paul, you would say that this is completely expected. Of course God would call him for such a place of leadership and partnership. The man's brilliant. He knows all these languages. He has all this education. He has so much knowledge of so many different things. Why wouldn't God choose someone like him? But on the other hand, you would have to say this is completely unexpected. This man hates Christians. He hates Gentiles. And what did God call him to be? Look at verse 16. To reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. That's crazy. So it was both expected and unexpected. Friends, this is how it'll work out in your call to fruitfulness. There will be aspects of your call to fruitfulness that will be evident in your life right now. But there will also be aspects called improvements no one would see ahead of time. Look, when Tracy and I began following the Lord's leading to plant this church, we really had no idea what to expect. We were just following and being faithful. Now, I grew up in a pastor's home, so I grew up actively involved in a church. Now, Tracy, on the other hand, her family owned the back row of the church. Literally, we sat in the back row with her every Sunday. <clears throat> now, I have always seen an incredible servant's heart in my wife. Seeing her minister in that capacity was already in her life and character. That's expected. But she has never been outgoing <laughs> or a people-driven person like I am. So seeing her interacting and communicating with all of you the way that she has been, that is totally unexpected. It was an area that the Lord has done that we could not see ahead of time, and this is how God works out His calling to fruitfulness in our lives. Fourth, Paul's calling to fruitfulness was through grace. Did you see that there in verse 15? He says, and called me through His grace. Do you understand what that is saying? 
It's saying that it is not because Paul deserved it. Grace is unmerited favor. Paul wasn't chosen from all the people in the earth because he was the most holy, the most righteous, the most deserving. No, God chose Paul because God knew what he could do with him. And that is how it is for you and me. That's why to be proud of your calling is utter blindness. You have nothing to do with it. It's all because of God's grace. Let me tell you something here. There is no place for anyone to think that their calling lifts them above other people. My calling is not one bit more important than your calling. And if you think that I have to take my calling more seriously than you do, because I'm a pastor and you're not, think again. My calling is not more important than yours, nor yours more important than mine. It's all about the riches of God's grace. Next, I want you to see that Paul's call to fruitfulness was independent of men. Look at the end of verse 16. He says, Nor did I immediately confer with flesh and blood. In other words, Paul didn't go and get his calling approved by other people. Can you please tell me if I'm called to this or not? It was independent of men. Friends, there's a very real sense that our calling is also independent of men. In other words, Paul didn't take this call to himself. But it's also not a case of what other people say. You know, um, I nominate the Apostle Paul. or I, no, I, you know, I nominate Paul to be an Apostle. No. It's not done by nomination. It's not done by taking it upon yourself. Instead, it's done independently of men between an individual and God. It's that way in your life. It's that way in mine. But at the same time, notice the next point is Paul's call was in cooperation with men. This is so important because it may be independent of men, but it's also in cooperation with men. Because Paul did go to Jerusalem, confer and speak with Peter and the rest of the apostles. In other words, your call will be in cooperation with other people because even though God calls you independently, He doesn't call you to be independent. Does that make sense? He calls us as members in the body of Christ, and my calling has an effect on yours and yours on mine, and everything works together in a glorious way, so it's in cooperation with men. But God forbid the person that says, I'm called by God, but I have nothing to do with you. That's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of the Apostle Paul. Seventh, Paul's call was evident to others. 
Other people could see it. And they knew that Paul was an apostle. When he went before Peter and James and all the other apostles, they could see it. God has put His hand on this man. Look, when you're called by God, other people will see that calling. You know, I've had people over the years come and say to me, you know, John, I believe God's called me to music ministry. But there's nobody who would be willing to validate that calling. But if God has called you to be a teacher, it's going to be evident because God will call people to listen to you. If God's called you to be a leader, it's going to be evident because God will call people to follow you. Your calling will be evident to other people even if you're not fulfilling your calling. How often do we see people and, and uh, man, God could really use you in this way. Or God could do so much through this that you know this ability that you have people will be able to see it but by the same token we should say that the next point here is that Paul's call was not evident to everyone there were some people that thought Paul had no business being an apostle. That his calling wasn't legitimate. And don't be surprised if whatever calling God has given you, that there would be some people that would say, no, I don't think so. Don't let that overly discourage you. Now, if virtually everybody is saying that, then maybe you need to pay attention. But if it's just a few here and there, well, you know, it's not going to be evident to everybody. I have to say that in my own life, my own calling hasn't been evident to everyone. In over 40 years of music ministry, I've had some people tell me, you're not called. You have no business in the music business, uh, industry. You're not qualified. Look, it's just part of the territory and may not be necessarily evident to everyone. Nevertheless, it should be evident to many. And the next point is very important, of course. It says that Paul's call to fruitfulness was long delayed in fulfillment. This is the part that oftentimes troubles us with God's call to fruitfulness, isn't it? That God takes a long time to develop this. Let me just say something. It's worth it. We see a glorious pattern in life of the Apostle Paul that is often like ours. Think about when Paul received his call to faith. Where was that? on the Damascus Road. And verse 21 says that he went to Antioch, which basically that's Syria and Cilicia. 
And I believe that that's where God educated Paul on how to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's where he had his call to follow. And then God called him after that to a church in the city of Antioch. And in Antioch, Paul fulfilled the call to faithfulness. He's just there serving the Lord in that church. Nothing special or spectacular. But none of those things fulfilled Paul's real call to fruitfulness. Do you know how long it was from the time when Paul received his call to faith until he received his call to fruitfulness? It was more than 20 years. It was more than 20 years from salvation until his first missionary journey. When we read the book of Acts, it seems to go by really, really quickly and we think that he got saved and he's already on these missionary journeys. It was 20 years. But please understand, Paul was not sitting idly by waiting for this to happen. He was still serving faithfully in Antioch, sharing Jesus with anyone who would listen. Now, if it was that way in the life of the Apostle Paul, should it surprise us that it takes that much time or longer in our own lives? It may take a while before God may have these things develop in our lives first. I was 18 when I received that call. And it was the year 2020 when I started preaching and pastoring this church. That's a lot of years. That's 37 years (laughs) before the Lord fulfilled that in my life. Finally, I want you to see that Paul's call to fruitfulness was something that brought glory to God. And that's how he finishes in verse 24. Did you notice notice that? At the very, very end of verse 24, it says, And they glorified God in me. Friends, this is where our hearts are really at, right? To glorify God. That is what we passionately want, or I sure hope so. You know, the call to fruitfulness is not about us. It didn't originate with us. It's not about us. It's about the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. That's my passion. That's my calling. All that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted. Look, I really don't care if you remember me but I do want you to remember and to serve and to honor him and if you can glorify God because of the work that he's done in my life then praise the Lord it's all about bringing glory to Jesus Christ and as we close this morning as we finish this series 
I know that I cannot tell you what your specific place is in God's kingdom. I certainly cannot fulfill your call to fruitfulness. Now it's up to you to seek God and say, Lord, where have you given me to be fruitful for your kingdom? How do you want me to fulfill that special uniqueness you've made me for? What are the things that you want to bring together in my life to fulfill that glorious call to fruitfulness? Let me pray for you as we close. Father, I admit it's been a struggle and a journey in my own life. Wanting to jump to that brass ring. What, what is it that you have for me, Lord? And jumping past the steps of following and developing a personal relationship and being truly faithful to you. And Lord, how those two are so incredibly important before you ever call us and bring us into that place of being fruitful for you. Lord, you have all made us all so unique so that we can minister to the people that you've placed within our sphere in ways that I can't minister to. Opportunities that are given to me that aren't given to others and vice versa. But Lord, I just pray you'll be stirring in our hearts right now, allowing you to mold us, to shape us as we follow you, as we're faithful to you, and as you open up our eyes to where you want us to be fruitful, how you want us to serve, who you want us to serve, who you want us to love and care for, for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray for these dear people here and those that are watching in. Lord, that they would understand that your call extends to them not just to salvation. Not just a get out of hell free card. But that you want an intimate relationship with each one of us. That you want us to be faithful where you've placed us. And when you're faithful in little, you'll make us faithful in much. So Lord, thank you for this series, Lord. It's been such a challenge to my heart. Continue to work in our lives, Lord, and help us to be all that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.